Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the ACC Panic Room alongside Lauren Brownlow. I'm Joe Obius. I am not at ACC tip-off. I'm actually outside PNC Arena where NC State plays basketball, but that's not why we're here today. We're here for the start of the Kane season. Brownlow, you're back at the Brownlow Bunker, not in Charlotte for ACC tip-off. Although I feel like maybe this is just me being old and crusty over time, but I feel like after last year and the Coach K farewell send-off and things like that, this ACC tip-off, which is going to be a little bit more subdued, a lot more of the unknown, a lot more chill, I think I'm fine. I'm not fine, but, you know, to be fair, like there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, this was definitely a day where it was hitting me, especially when I start getting the Josh Pastner immediately at the same time. Uh, our friends Caroline Darney and Nada Edwards both text me about the Josh Pastner epic press conference I'm missing that includes some yeah. saying they found water on Mars from Georgia Tech. I'm sad. That's <laughs> All- a, when, you, when you put it like that, that's a very valid point. We apparently also miss Jim Beheim going up. Like he's passed Jim Beheim and he's like, 47 years? Is that how long? And Jim Beheim's like, yeah. And he's like, that's that's crazy. And he's like, you won't make it that long. <laughs> a lot of us won't. That's the thing when it comes Facts. to Jim Beheim. A lot of us just won't. Uh, I'm being somewhat facetious about the subdued nature of what the safety system pop is about. But I do think there's something to it when it comes to how we expect basketball to play out. We got John Shire, but there's nothing about John Shire that gets you like all worked up, right? In the same way with Hubert Davis last year, it's like Hubert Davis looked really likable. And the only thing you have to kind of keep an eye on is how how is that, you know, navigating that first season where you're truly the guy. We saw how it played out with Hubert Davis, shaky at the front. They settled in, you know, obviously there was one departure that led to Brady Manick being forced into a role. He thrived in it. And the rest is history. What I'm curious about with John Shire and this team, it's a whole new group. There's no Coach K, kind of like farewell stuff. Just how comfortable are they going to be this upcoming season in his first year? I mean, it's interesting. I think that he's been waiting for this a while. He kind of knows what he's getting into. He's a smart guy, John. You know, and and I think. He's capable for sure. The players obviously like him a lot. I think that helped Hubert as well, right? Like we saw that throughout his season that this was a guy a lot of them had worked with for a long time. It was a guy that recruited some of them. Like they were, they felt close to him. And I think John will have that same kind of benefit as well with, with some of these guys, obviously plenty of these guys are just coming in, but he still recruited a lot of them. And Mm -hmm. so I think that that will help him some. Is it going to be easy? Like, obviously it's not going to be easy, but Certainly getting the talent that they're going to have in will help at least a little bit. And um, it's interesting how many it's, it's this is the part that's interesting to me is of all the people that like to root against you for Coach K. What happens yeah. to them? Right. Because I've even I will not name these people, but I've gotten texts from some of my friends who did not like Coach K who have said, I really like John. And I was like, you should. John's a good dude. Like John is John's great. No, I think no, I think you're right. I think that's part of the or that's been part of the sizzle with Duke and Carolina. 
and what we know about college basketball in general, it's like this cult of the coach. It's a cult cult of personality. People loved Roy Williams because of his folksy nature. Some people rolled their eyes and they didn't like Roy because of it, but there was just as many people who liked it. And then to your point about Coach K, like the reason why there was some heat in the Smith Center, it was because they knew it was Coach K's last season and they wanted to send him off. This, to me, when John Shire comes to the Smith Center for the first time as the head coach, I'm not sure if it's going to have the same kind of thing. What are right. they going to do? They're going to hold up some signs of his of his face that he used to make when he was player? Like, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's the case. So it, and I don't even know if Duke players are not likable anymore, right? Like, what, try to think about, like, the last unlikable Duke player that was the focal point of college basketball is Grayson Allen. But from yeah. that point on, you haven't really seen Duke, I mean, these Duke teams have been kind of likable Duke teams in the grand scheme of things. So it's going to be a whole new different dynamic. Maybe we'll just focus on handshakes, like who shook hands, who didn't, who didn't dap you up. Like we saw twice last season. Yeah, there was, I mean, that's the thing that was between Shire and, and Hubert. And, and so, right? you know, maybe so like who knows, but I, I think that they're both, you know, guys that their players like a lot. They both, by everything we can tell, seem like good guys um, that are worth rooting for, cheering for, whatever you want to call it. And, and you know, I think that they'll probably bury some of that. But, they'll, I mean, they'll want to hold up the rivalry, too. I think it's important yeah. to both of them. No, I'm with you on that. And I'm sure – Maybe they can like, manufacture some beef. I don't know. Let's let's hope so. For our sake, for panic room purposes, you know, for, for clicks and all that stuff, you know, people like to – like, you're just doing this for the clicks. In some cases, yes, we do want a little bit of sizzle. Uh, so we can get the <laughs> we did make a, we did literally make a panic room that was click on this it's about Zion or something like that and y'all did so and 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 you did it was it was an experiment so we appreciate that. Meanwhile, you know, again outside here PNC Arena for the start of the Kane season where we're doing the broadcast from today. Uh, but I, I'll tell you this about Kevin Keats and, and the Wolfpack. I don't know squat about him. Uh-huh. Like honestly, I don't know squat uh, because it's a whole new group. Um, it's a whole, it's a, I mean, obviously got Terquavion, but it's like. You got a whole new group, and this is brought here to kind of make or break Keats's year. And I do think that fans are going to be more likely to come to Kane's games this year than they are to Pack games this year until they get shown something, some right. some reason to buy in for the Wolfpack. And that's the nature of college basketball now. You can get you can get you can get one new player, one key guy to transfer in. I mean, that's the kind of the hope with Pete Nance at North Carolina. One new guy to come in and kind of change the trajectory of things. We'll see if that happens with the Wolfpack. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's kind of an across-college basketball thing for sure, too. Across sports, maybe even, is like you can be bad for a year or two, and then people, as long as you give them hope, right? You know, you have to give them hope that something is changing or is going to change or that it can get better. Um, If they're able to get some positive momentum early, I think people will come back. But I think that there's just a lot of state fans out there that feel like the last couple of years haven't gone very well. And maybe there are reasons for that and maybe there aren't, but they have lost some of their momentum that they had before. And, yeah. you know, they, it, he's going to work his hardest to get it back, but it's going to be tough, I think. A couple things to uh, discuss from Jim Phillips's press conference today. The ACC commissioner talked about. Did he about, do an opening statement? I didn't even see that. I, I just read the transcript. And the most interesting part that I. The most interesting aspect to me uh, is the continued discussion about the expansion of the NCAA tournament. Uh, This is something that Matt Norlander had reported on last week or the week before. It's preliminary discussions. It's just kind of thinking, you know, outside the framework of what we're used to. And the idea is across the NCAA, they want to get up to 25% of colleges that play a particular sport into a postseason. 
in their bracketed postseasons. So if you did the math out of 363 college basketball, you know, division one college basketball teams, 25% of that is a considerable amount of teams. Okay. So except for what, who are those teams going to be? Well, right. Is this just a way to get more power five teams in? Yes. That's of exactly it what it is. And that's okay. where I, that's where you lose me. And, and, and that's the thing where I, and this is, this would be my question. And this is something that would be addressed, I guess, if this is something that's going to be taken seriously. Let's say you get to 96 teams. Let's say you get to 128 teams in the NCAA tournament. I mean, at this point, you got to put it on the table. What are you ultimately doing? Are you cashing in on the CBS Turner deal for March Madness? And that essentially is what your entire season is about. Do you under, is, it, is that worth it to undercut the things that have helped build your league? Because if you go to 128 teams or even 96 teams and more ACC teams get in the NCAA tournament, then what is the point of an ACC tournament? At this point, it's just a jamboree. There are no stakes in the ACC tournament. It's an exhibition fan festival. I know Julia, who's sitting across from me here, would point out, well, maybe this is when you do the ACC tournament to start the season, you know, as just one big fun way to do it. I mean, there used to be the Dixie Classic. The Big Four tournament used to be a thing in the Greensboro Coliseum. So why wouldn't you bring some level like that back to get people invested in the regular season? Because at that point, by the time we get to the ACC tournament, we already know what the deal is. There's nothing to play for. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, can you play your way in or out in those tournaments? I guess. But then it always feels so arbitrary, too, because it's like, oh, if you lose that first game and you're a bubble team, you're out. And it's like, right. You know, there's always these rules thrown on it that just seem silly. And to me, too, like. I know that every year we're having a conversation about Team X and Team Y that are left out. I mean, either way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we're also having conversations about how did Team X or Team Y get in. Right. And, you know, to me it almost seems a little on the unfair side that a Power 5 team that suddenly gets super hot, even though they had, like, a terrible year, that suddenly wins a few games in the conference tournament and gets to, you know, makes a run and gets to sneak in as an, as an at-large, like – I don't like seeing those teams usually. I mean, it can be fun. It can be a little fun, but it's like, that's not, there's no magic to that. Like, I know that this is like the college football playoff in that the athletic directors, especially the power five schools want to get more of their own into the tournament. And that's what Mm -hmm. this is going to be about. I'm sure of it. And to me, it's unfair. You already see teams like in conferences that aren't the major five, like the big five, winning their league's regular season and getting left out because some other team got hot and went on some right. You see below 500 teams making the tournament. If you're going to expand, maybe start expanding to some of those. You know what I mean? Like, I could see that. You want to add more Cinderella's in the mix, I'm here for it. But, like, I don't – I don't know. This just feels silly. Well, I agree. I would – I mean, I wouldn't like to see it, but I know money is, you know, it's like Wu-Tang, you know, the famous philosopher's Wu-Tang. You know, cash rules everything around me. And if that's going to be your motivator, well, then you're going to pump out to 96 teams. You're going to pump out to 128 teams. And I guess the ACC will find a way. I don't know. Maybe maybe there was something more to I think it was John Wildhack, who's now at Syracuse, former ESPN guy, talking about, well, you know, who's to, well, you know, why is it that Duke and Carolina only play twice a year? Maybe they should play three times a year. Maybe oh they should play four times a year. They have played four, but it was I a know. while ago. It, Right. So that's what, but they want to do it in the regular season all the time. I mean, at this point, the only, I mean, all you're really doing is furthering the idea that the only thing that matters in regular season is a Duke Carolina game and everything else suffers from it. And at that point, you might as well just let have them play an invitational, 
You know, just like, I, all right, Carolina's going to host a bunch of ACC teams that come through. I mean, at this point, that's all you're really going to do. Look, all we've gotten over the past couple of years, especially, is more and more evidence that the TV people, you know, and the conference leaders who do whatever they say do not care how watchable their product is. Yeah. Just look at the Big Ten getting a billion dollars in spite of their weekly putoffs from everyone that's not Ohio State. I'm sorry. Yeah. That is unwatchable football. And yet they just got to, they don't care. Do you know what I mean? Like they don't care what you like to watch. They don't care how good the product is anymore. They just know that you're gonna. And eventually, yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe that catches up with them. Maybe it doesn't. You could argue it already has a little bit in college basketball considering your viewership numbers being down, but you know, whatever. All right, well, let's go wrap it up for this edition of the ACC Panic Room. We will see you this weekend for, speaking of Duke and Carolina, a very intriguing matchup between the Blue Devils and the Tar Heels at Wallace Wade Stadium. We will see you then.